from the Schmoes No Network Studios in Los Angeles, California, it's time for Meet the Movie Press. And now, here's your host, the editor-in-chief of SchmoesNo.com, Mark Riley, and from The Wrap, Jeff Snyder. <laughs> That's the way you start a show. Oh yeah, it's Friday morning, baby. Yes, and hello, Schmoville. Welcome to another perfect Awesome episode of Meet the Movie Press. I am Mark Riley, editor in chief of Schmozno.com. Jeff Snyder, film reporter for The Wrap. That he is. That he is. How you doing, Jeff? I'm tired. <laughs> it's Friday. <laughs> I know. It's it's one of those weeks. Uh, I'm tired too. I got. I was telling you before we started that I was like, ah, oh, you know, we got the show in the morning. I'm gonna just call it an early night. Uh, the girlfriend and I were like, hey, let's watch like the first part of Edge of Tomorrow or yeah. Live, Die, Repeat and uh, <laughs> <laughs> roll credits. And we're like, oh, it's two in the morning. And uh, when Tom Cruise beckons, you can't ignore his call. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's a good movie. <laughs> that was fun. But it is a glorious Friday because it's Gone Girl Friday. That's we're both right. going, right? Yep. We're going tonight. You weren't invited to a press screening? I, I was not. Neither was I. This is a very tough list to get <laughs> on, apparently. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what? what? I don't I, know what you have to do these days. It's getting rave reviews and yet they won't invite the press to go and see it. I just want to I mean, I'm just excited to see it. It's, I am so pumped. New David Fincher tonight. Going with two of my best buddies. Um, yeah. It's going to be a good time. All right. And uh, so this is a great episode, as always, on Meet the Movie Press. I want to thank you guys for liking the Facebook page, Meet the Movie Press, on the Schmoes No Network, and for rating and subscribing to the iTunes. You guys, we're just kicking butt. We're, we're rising the charts. Every week. Taking the town by storm. That's right. And as you guys know, we want to uh, destroy the podcast's world by becoming the number one podcast in the world. Can that happen? I don't it's, know if that like can It's like my greatest ambition. I won't stop until we have dominated the charts. <laughs> that's that's right. That's what I want. But for this episode, we have a very special guest uh, calling in via Skype. We have Alex Billington calling in from FirstShowing.net. Oh, yeah. Love Alex. He's been in the game a long time, yeah. uh, and I'm looking forward to talking to him. Yeah, yeah. He's got a great site, so we're going to get into that. He's going to be calling in in a, in a couple minutes, but we're going to start it off by just uh, talking about a little bit of what we did this week. Um, last week, which kind of got some uh, made some waves out there, and guys, I'm going to issue a spoiler alert. If you didn't check out our Fantastic Four scoop on Schmozno.com, uh we kind of threw something out there that people liked. I don't know. Did you read about it, Jeff? Uh, this is the fact that Sue Storm is adopted. Sure. That's part of it, which we kind of oh, right. knew. And how they got their powers. Yeah, no, no, no. Tell yeah, us. yeah. So, we, so it, again, spoiler alert, guys. If you want to remain, remain uh, spoiler-free and pure movie-going experience for Fantastic Four, we dropped out there. We had a very reliable source actually tell us about this. Um, very trusted he was legitimate, and uh, it was Miles Teller. Wasn't it was it? Miles Teller. <laughs> he told me everything. I know everything. No, uh, what? Yeah, we know that Sue Storm was probably going to be adopted because of the casting of. Uh, oh God, you know. Please tell me and help me. The the, the father. <laughs> is it? Uh, was it? Was it? Wait, is it? Is it the guy from from House of Cards? Uh, yeah, Freddie, the the rib guy. Because like, it's like when I was tracking that, it was going to be Giancarlo Esposito from Breaking Bad, but he didn't get it, right? No, 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 no he didn't. I think it's Freddie, the rib guy from House of Cards, Reggie Cathy, right? Yes, yes. Okay, thank you. That's Sorry. the name. I. It's guys. Is I'm I'm foggy because of Edge of Tomorrow. Thank you, Tom Cruise. I didn't uh, even need IMDb for that. That's right. I love I love your knowledge. Uh, but yeah, so we wrote the, that the, um, the powers that they get are from a portal 
that opens up another dimension. That's what we're hearing. No spaceship, no uh, weird uh, cosmic radiation, whatever it is, like uh, like I guess the source material. What I'm hearing is more in line with the ultimate comic line that Marvel did with uh, Fantastic Four, X-Men, all that kind of stuff. So we're hearing that the, the powers they get are from this uh, <clears throat> lab experiment gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, I like portals. I do too. Uh, never met a portal I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> portals usually take you to an interesting new place in this world or another dimension is that correct portals uh yeah sure i mean listen i'm i'm not i'm trying not to pay attention to too much fantastic four stuff because fox and josh strank have done such a good job yeah keeping everything under wraps i'm like let's just play the game that they want to play i don't yeah uh, yeah i'll be honest i'm not trying to go out of my way to to read too much about that one well i'm sorry for spoiling you then yeah really thanks yeah and and, and, and you know what on the show yeah <laughs> the, the spoilers i mean we talked a little bit about <clears throat> that you guys uh with spoilers you know people either love them or they hate them and but we do have a big readership that wants to know so we post it. In we're we're going to talk about uh, you know the Star Wars stuff with Alex. I imagine not. We're, we're going to. I'm a, yeah. I'm ready to rip into that. But, but I'm I'm glad rip good. into it because we'll wait for Alex. Yeah, we will wait for Alex. But uh, I just he is calling in like any second now. But I wanted to touch on your exclusive a little bit. Goat. Right, because Alex won't care about that one. This is, um, yeah, no, I was super excited about this story. Yeah. Nobody seemed to care. I cared. I'll put, I'll put it this way. IndieWire didn't even do a story about it. This is a new James Franco project. Yeah. Okay. It's got David Gordon Green lineage, Jeff Nichols lineage. Yep. And IndieWire didn't even care. Meet the movie press. I'm calling you out, IndieWire. Wow. This is in your, this is in your, your backyard. Yeah. Okay. You should care about this. Yeah. Goat, uh, I read years ago. David mm-hmm. Gordon Green was going to direct it. It's based on the memoir by Brad Land. Yep. It is a story of, uh, you know, two brothers and essentially college frat hazing gone wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And Emile Hirsch was going to star in this movie. This was like 10 years ago or something. Wow. Um, eventually, you know, David Gordon, for whatever reason, it didn't get made. Um, Jeff Nichols came on to direct. And then, uh, this week it got Andrew Neal as a director. Now, I haven't seen Andrew Neal's work. He yeah. did King Kelly, you know, a couple of other things. He produced Stan Clear of the Closing Doors. Wow. Um, but, I'm not familiar. But Franco is going to be producing it. Um, yeah. and I think that's awesome. Yeah. You know, he's teaming up with Christine Vachon. John Wells is the executive producer. There Ooh. is some serious pedigree to this project. And yeah, it was, the internet kind of met it with silence. Yeah. And, 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 and I, but for me, I love it because I know this story. I think it's a powerful story. That can be like it can really shake things up and really shine a light on the fraternity system because look, I came from a fraternity. Mm. I luckily wasn't hazed like a lot of uh, my friends out there. But oh man, I've heard stories of yeah. these hazing things, and they have gone wrong, and people have died. Mm-hmm. And is, is this what my this... brother was in a frat? And I don't think anyone's dying up at Syracuse. But, yeah. uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I came from USC yeah, where there's can... there was some serious. It hazing can get going intense. On there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, listen, I know Franco has been producing, directing, adapting all these kind of big books. As I lay dying, yeah. Faulkner and Child of God, Cormac McCarthy, like good for him and all. But like this book to me is even better than those. Yeah. I, I, I agree, and I, I was so happy that, that you were d- reporting on it. It was an exclusive of yours, and I, I paid attention. Cause I, I was excited I, about it, and, and here's here's the funny thing about that. You know, I, I had held it for like a week or so, maybe two yeah. weeks, um, and I kind of just got anxious, and I went to the people involved, and I was like, listen, James Franco has a big mouth, and he's completely unpredictable. You don't know when he's going to go off and, and reveal something. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, can I just do this before yeah. James Franco gets out in front of it? Um, and they let me. So. Nice. 
And that's that that's such an interesting dynamic for Meet the Movie Press where where we hear about that. I mean, you're now you know James Franco goes out on Twitter and starts talking, so you're like, let's get this exclusive out. I mean, yeah, it's not to say any any James Franco story I get a hold of, it's like we got to put on the internet immediately. Sure. I, I mean, I know he he's working on a ton of projects at any given time, and, and not all of them are out there. But uh, yeah, I was I was nervous that this was gonna, he was going to let this slip. Yeah, so. well, I'm I'm glad you got it, my friend. That, thank it's you, a thank great you. Story. Should we bring on Big Al? Yeah, let's do it. Without further ado. <laughs> We have via Skype Alex Billington from FirstShowing.net. Alex, are you there? Yes, I am. How are you doing? How are you doing, Alex? What, no, JT, no, no applause for our guest. Come on. Yeah, really. We're, bring back Phil. I don't need a <laughs> there we go. That's for you, Alex. Welcome, Alex. Thanks for thanks for being here. Sure, but but out. not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for being in spirit and in voice. Lazily skyping in. <laughs> well, sorry. You know, I was planning to take a trek down to L.A. and be there, but not. Where, <laughs> no, where, just... where are you based? Uh, I live in Manhattan, in New York City. Oh, I'm so jealous. I am too. How's that out there? I mean, you, you and you have a great site, by the way. Firstshowing.net, guys. If you want to. It's just a great site. I've been, you know, checking it out. I've actually checked it out uh, many times before. And then when Jeff and I were booking Alex, I, I started looking a lot more. And I mean, I was on it this morning at like seven in the morning, like reading about, you know, the Annabelle review or uh, what, what was I reading about today, Alex, that I really like? God, you've already. Oh, yeah. Dwayne Johnson. Baywatch. Oh, Baywatch thing. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Alex, how did you start for showing.net? I know you're like the co-founder and uh, president. Yeah, how long have you been around? Yeah, I've been around eight years. Um, we started in 2006, which feels like forever ago for me. Uh, because yeah. it's just been I, – I, I can't believe eight years have gone by so quickly. Yeah, um, right. But it started as kind of uh, one of those sort of nerdy passion projects, which I, is I think a lot how a lot of movie sites start. That's, in, that's um, what I do, the, yeah. The basics, yeah, the, the basic story is that a couple of my friends were going out to camp out for a movie, and um, I can name the one. It was uh, Superman with Brandon Routh. Oh, Superman Returns. Yeah. Okay. Um, which, not not that it was worthy of a camp out, but nonetheless, we were excited. I, I would have camped out. I'm a huge super, and I did freak out over that movie. I, I wanted d- to see I dug it. a tunnel yeah. from underneath the theater and <laughs> burrowed my way inside. No. Um. And so I had actually driven by the theater. There was no one there. I drove home, grabbed my stuff. As soon as I came back, there were two kids in line. And it nice. just, like, really frustrated me. I was like, no, you know, I wanted to be the first guy in line. Yeah. <laughs> so um, the ironic part is that I went out there and uh, sort of as retaliation, I said, I'm going to start a site and call it First Showing to be sort of representation of the first people in line and that we were here and we tried. Oh. And then the funny part is that we became friends with the first people in line. And we sort of all joined up wow. as a group. Um, and then I started the site through that, and it was originally as a, a place to sort of talk about the camp out and just sort of be like, here's what we're doing. We're at this theater. Like, you know, we're excited for movies. Here's what we're seeing. Yeah. And, and then we hosted events at the theater during midnight shows and would launch those through the site and just sort of have these events there. And we would actually, like, talk about camping out. And, and that was sort of half of the site. And then it sort of evolved into movie news, movie discussion, and the idea of, you know, talking about movies – that are coming up, not just like what's on DVD, but also like the excitement for everything that's coming down the pipe. Because as I'm sure you guys know, just like as movie fans, that's all I'm thinking about all day long anyway. It's sure. Like, what, when is Star Wars coming out? What, what do we know about it? And yeah, as you said, we're going to talk about spoilers, but like that whole idea of just like what's worth discussion and and can we keep that excitement going? Because it's what I live for when it comes to movies. That's really cool. So, so that is how you the first showing got its name. 
Yeah. I, I think yeah. that's so interesting. I, that's I was so always int- wondering that. Yeah. That's really cool. What a great story. And, mm-hmm. it's, it, and it's like you can say that for showing. I mean, it's like what we do when we talk about these like really geeky movies like Star Wars or you mentioned Superman Returns. And, of course, everybody's flipping out over Batman v Superman. But it's like you're camping out talking about the movies like years before they're, they're out even now. Yeah. I'm already camped out for goat. <laughs> I will be yeah, camped I was out for say, goat. I want to talk about that. Come on, it's fun. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to underestimate you. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, I guess uh, we, we wanted to talk about Star Wars. Yeah. So, Alex, since since we're on the line and we are talking about movies that you camp out for, I think the the, the granddaddy of them all is Star Wars. Everybody camps out for Star Wars, like Phantom Menace. I remember I live in L.A., so I would drive by Man's Chinese, and I witnessed that camp out. I would drive by every day and see these smelly people in in tents. (laughs) So, Alex, are you sick of the Star Wars spoilers and rumors and all the whatever is coming out from the interwebs? Yes. Uh, I mean, to answer your question, yes. But I was thinking about it this morning because I knew we were going to discuss Star Wars, and the thought that came to mind was that I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. And it was inevitable. It was yeah. like from the moment a new Star Wars was going to take place, I'm like, this is going to be leaked out the wazoo. J.J. and Lucasfilm can try everything they want to cover it up, yeah. but it's just not going to happen. Like, we live in that culture where, uh, as I think it was one of my writers tweeted yesterday, like, people just want to expose everything. They want to find everything and put it out there. Yeah. And it's not that I would get in the argument of, like, spoilers and how bad it is to know them so much as, like, the desire to just put it out there, to not care about anything in other people's experience and to just find it and be like, oh, here's the Millennium Falcon. We're going to get 100 photos of this. You know, yeah. Here's this person standing on set. It's like, like, why do we have to have so much of that? Can't we, can't we focus on the purity of the experience at the end? I no. don't – listen, it takes two to tango. And Absolutely. I don't know who is doing this. I don't know if this is a crew member. Like, it's obviously someone with incredible knowledge or access mm-hmm. to the Star Wars shoot. In which case, JJ, start checking every goddamn security badge. Yeah. Like, it, it's crazy. I, I don't know where these goddamn leaks are coming from. But the other thing is, the journalist who, you know, the, the site that is, that put it out first is implicit you know part of this absolutely and it's like oh my god if someone had brought me the same thing there's no way I'm, I'm i'm letting that out of the bag like there's just no news judgment anywhere on the internet anymore yeah yeah it's all about that quick traffic grab and it was so depressing because you know what i don't care about stars i went and read the spoiler and it's like that actually could have gotten me to care about Star Wars if because I'm going to go see it. I have to yeah. go see it as part of the job. Sure. And if I saw that and, and was surprised, like it could have made a Star Wars fan out of me. Now it's just another thing I'm cynical about with the whole franchise. Now, so uh, I, I want to find. Okay, the, I guess I should issue a spoiler alert for the people listening at home. We're um, not going to reveal it though. I, here, I don't right? want to reveal it either. No. Um, and are we talking what I just read today? Are, there, there's oh, something yeah. that just came out today. I don't know if you've heard. I can't even keep track. Yeah, uh, Alex, are you aware of what just came out today? Or? Well, I'm aware, but I'm not. I don't know what it is because I, I have literally read tweets that are like, the movie will be completely ruined if you read this spoiler. Okay, no, like it's the kind people are flipping out. Actually, saying, that was like, yesterday's though, right? Yeah, it, yeah. But maybe it was yesterday. I read it. I got it today. I did read the spoiler. And I, it was like my eyes started to take in the information. I saw just enough to be spoiled, and I turned away immediately, and I was mad at myself. And yeah. I'm now – if that's true, it is – like, guys, watch out. If you're a Star Wars fan and you – and this – I mean, don't Star click. Wars – Yeah, don't click. 
Star Wars is such a pure movie going experience that everybody references. Everybody references it as either I got into this job because of Star Wars. I love movies because of Star Wars. And now we're getting episode seven. This one is like a big reveal. So guys, just fair warning out there. And it's like, I don't know what is inside of us that makes us want to know. Like, I guess I clicked because of my job. Yeah, that's what I do, too. Yeah, if I was just a fan, I don't know why you guys are reading all this. I don't know why, you know, all the Star Wars stories get so many clicks, because it's like, you're just ruining the experience for yourself. Alex, I want to get your opinion on this, because what I do with my writers when we are seeing these Star Wars exclusives and leaked photos and all this kind of stuff is that we go back and forth talking about whether or not we want to cover it because we do we actually do care about spoilers and the fans reactions and I know a lot of guys out there in Schmoville you know you don't want to hear about this you want to remain pure Alex are you on the same kind of wavelength where you talk with your writers yeah oh yeah um I, I mean I think my thankfully my writer has the understanding of how much of a spoiler is too much for our site. And for example, if there's something that really is like, okay, we have to report this because it's important, mm-hmm. we'll craft it so that none of the spoiler is in the headline, none of the spoiler is in the opening. Like yes. You can read on if you want to get to it. Yes. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know what? We, we balance the sort of need for hits and traffic with respecting our audience. And I think in turn, they respect us back yeah, for for making that decision, it's a tough decision because sometimes there are those moments where, like, you know what, we would get the clicks, but we just we need to save face on this and not do it. We need to realize that it's better for our readers not to put this out there, even though it is easily accessible. Yeah, you, you know what it is? It's it, it's it's almost like the movie press. <clears throat> excuse me. The movie press mirrors Hollywood at times. We're like, mm-hmm. we get mad at Hollywood for serving us junk food. Right. But, but the junk food is a product that does business, and that's why Hollywood is going to keep serving it, because we're going to keep watching it. Yeah. And, and, and in a sense, all these Star Wars spoilers, you know, I read a lot of them on, on Badass Digest, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Me too. It's like Devin posts them knowing full well he probably shouldn't be doing it, but he like cops to it in the article that it like yeah. it, they do good business for for him. So it's hard, you know. He he can justify it that way. It's hard to just pass on on the traffic. Yeah, and I don't blame him. But yeah, and I mm. I mean if it's such a fine line when if you have an exclusive, which we had a Star Wars exclusive. Uh, and, and, and we ran with it. Um, you know, and, and that's one thing. You know, maybe if you have an exclusive, God, you are worried about the business side of things. Then you're worried about the fans and the reaction and spoiling and the pure movie experience. So it's, it's, it is, it's a, it's a tightrope walk. Um, but with with this particular spoiler that I read this morning, I am not going to post it. It was it. just it was just too much. It crossed yeah. the line. Yeah, you know, la- last week we talked about the Superman whales thing. Like yeah. that is like, but a moment. This is not like what it all leads up to. Yeah, and that was, but yeah. that also, Alex, do you know about the what Jeff uh, dropped a couple weeks ago with uh, in regards to Aquaman and Batman v Superman? It's something that was like brought up in Man of Steel. It, it was. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I read that. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was cool, and it was. It, it was already after the fact. Well, I don't even know if it's true. We'll see. Um, yeah, I think. But but the point is, it's like yeah, that's a spoiler in a sense. But it's the sort of spoiler that 
I think I'm okay with, and I think I have yeah. good judgment when it comes to that stuff. Yeah. The one that's online about Star Wars just crosses the line, and so I don't even think we should be giving it any more airtime. Okay. I don't know which site put it out, <laughs> but shame on that site. I don't know either, because I, I stopped reading and didn't even check the source. So, uh, Alex, I'm glad to hear that you're kind of on the same wavelength and, yeah. and that you care about your fans like that, because that's that's what I do. I, I care about the fans and, and the movie-going experience, and... Let's move on. Let's Star move on. Wars. Let's, let's talk Doctor Strange. Alex, what did you make of the news uh, that Billy Donnelly broke? Uh, not Deadline. That Billy Donnelly, had, uh, this is infamous, Yeah, broke about Joaquin passing on Doctor Strange. Yeah. Oh, it would have been so awesome to see him in It would have been. Yeah. But it's it's another one of those I'm like, he never would have taken it. Like, we all know Joaquin now. He only does PTA movies and the occasional, like, <laughs> okay, that's cool. But generally, he's like... He's such a hard ass about what he does and the way he works that I'm like, there's no way he's gonna do a Marvel movie. I mean, Edgar Wright wouldn't even do a Marvel movie. How is Joaquin gonna do one? Yeah, I mean, that- he, he got so close. What have they been yeah. doing the last two months? August and September, they've been negotiating. Like, if he didn't, if he knew, like, listen, it's a Marvel movie. It's a multi-picture commitment. I don't like. Wouldn't he just know right up front? I don't want to do it. Yeah, I know. Uh, th- th- yeah. That's what I thought. Hey, th- th- JT, you were, were you throwing that graphic up there? Of uh, you did. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad for the viewers at home because there we threw up some uh, really great fan art of uh, Joaquin oh, Phoenix. Cool. I can't wait to watch this episode. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be neat. It's gonna have uh, pictures and everything. Um, but Joaquin Phoenix, what, uh, Jeff and I talked a little bit about it. I, I sent him an email, and I was just bummed. Because I love Joaquin Phoenix as an actor, and I think he would have been fantastic as Doctor Strange. However, what you said, Alex, Jeff, what you're saying, it is not a surprise that Joaquin Phoenix walked away. He doesn't want to go to Comic-Con. He doesn't want to be tied to that role for the rest of his life. He is, an, uh, he is for lack of a better term, a complete artist, In his, I, I think, in my opinion. He wants to do stuff that he likes. And Doctor Strange, maybe, even if it's the best script in the world, uh, you know, I think it, it really comes down to probably the commitment that Marvel wants, like roping him at low. Yeah, like, yeah. hey, Joaquin, seven picture deal, sign here. Uh, no, I don't want to be tied to that forever. Is that what you guys think really happened? Like, he, you, you go first, yeah, Alex. Yeah, he backed out for that. Yeah, I think that's, I think maybe that's what it was. It was a discussion, like, okay, I'm interested. I like the character. I like the script. And then to the, to, Getting down to signing on the details, it's a little bit too much. Like, well, yeah. Like, he's just... That that was my sense. I, I think that's the case. Yeah. Because it, it, it's not just the time commitment of shooting these movies and, right. and shooting multiple movies. You're talking about worldwide press tours for each one. Yep. You're talking about even for the movies that you do... You know, that aren't Marvel movies, you're going to be asked questions about the Marvel movies. Yes. Right. Um, and, and also, you know, and someone had, I've been, I was talking to a colleague yesterday about it. I, th- I think he was wary of shooting on green screen for, uh, you know, which is really, he doesn't have much experience with. Oh, that's interesting. I think he likes being around flesh and blood actors and, and playing off someone. And when you're staring at a tennis ball, it takes a different set of skills yeah. and patience and that kind of thing. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, I, for the, from an outside perspective, I will bring up my girlfriend, uh, who I was talking about this <laughs> with last night. And she was like, who cares? Why, well, why, why would, why can he just say, no, I don't want to do seven movies or no, I don't want to go to Comic Con. And it's like, I think, do you guys know? Maybe I, I want to get your feedback on this. Is it really like the maybe the contract that did it, or the 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 Comic Con, or the green screen, all, all the? Th- I mean, I think at the the end of the day, from my opinion, Joaquin Phoenix walked away because he just doesn't want to do the comic book world and but show then, up at the con. But cons. then, why did it take two months? That's what I want to know, Alex. What are your thoughts on that? 
I don't know. I mean, I, I defer to you guys because you know more about sort of the deal side of the Hollywood system. But I, I'm curious how far in he was over these two months. Or was it like he just took a meeting and it, and it never really went anywhere? Or was it like he's in the meeting about to sign and decides on that moment he's not going to do it? Which, yeah. for all we know, that could have happened with Joaquin. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not really sure. I Yeah, it's, it, you know... We, we'll never know. And you know what? We yeah. talked a little bit about it on the show last night, but Jeff's scoop was you're, – you're right on the money. He was talking. He was oh, negotiating. Sure. He, he Listen, I, I called to check out uh, the This Is Infamous story the day that it broke mm-hmm. and was told by someone like, listen, this this – this isn't true. Like as far as I know, we're still going down the road with Joaquin. Mm-hmm. Um, but Billy obviously had a really good source because then the next day, you know, Deadline came out and, and was much more authoritative about, about it. I spent, you know, a good party yesterday trying to get answers to some of these questions, and I, nobody's talking. And, yeah. Um, listen, it, it would have been great uh, to see him in that role, but at the same time. It never made sense for him. It just didn't. Yeah, as an actor, as as who he is, as an artist, I, I keep bringing that up. Yeah, I think it just it's, wasn't in his uh, bucket list. And that means we're going to get more cool, you know, indie movies starring Joaquin Phoenix. There so, you go, and it's, it's a win-win. We're still going to get Doctor Strange, guys. Yeah, and uh, yeah. which is a nice segue, Alex. We do a portion, uh, a, a segment on this show, and it's time for the hopeful news break. Whoa, yes. Alex, what we do every Wednesday on Meet the Movie Press Facebook page, we drop a hopeful news break, and we like to get what the fans want to hear. And let's go with Doctor Strange, because a lot of fans have been saying they just want to know once and for all who Doctor Strange is. My boy, Jonathan Ellison, has dropped, I would like to know who's finally playing Doctor Strange. Now, guys... I'm going to go to Jeff first. Alex, I want your opinion on this. Now that Joaquin's out, we've heard rumors of Benedict. We've heard rumors of Jared Leto. Uh, we've heard rumors of Ethan Hawke. Like, do you know anything now? I mean, you you knew Joaquin, but any sniffing around? I, I know nothing. You know nothing. I right? know nothing. Awesome. Uh I would, you know, this segment the, went the, nowhere. The, the name, <laughs> yeah, the name that I had heard before walking that that kind of put me on the walking trail was Justin Thoreau. That's what I'm hearing too, Alex. What what are you, what's your thoughts? And and are are you hearing anything, or are you just reporting? Or uh, yeah, I haven't heard a thing either. Yeah, um, but the, you know, the thought that came to mind, and I want to say this is that I trust in Scott Derrickson. Mm-hmm. to choose a good person like basically every name that has come up so far has been like oh okay like i'd really like to see that guy not someone where it's like oh yeah i'm not happy which is could be the case easily but like even ethan hawk who i think declined as well mm-hmm. like even even him it would have been like okay yeah i see that i could i could see that working and that's so, what i like about this is that the names so far have been good so you think ethan hawk has turned down the role I thought I literally thought I read something yesterday that said he he said no. Yeah. Because that's similar to Joaquin. That doesn't seem like something he would do. Hmm. I'm not so sure about right that. If you, I mean, listen, Ethan Hawke is a great actor, and he's been making some really good choices, like Boyhood. Yeah. Um, and, and even even Good Kill is really interesting. But some of these other movies, like Getaway, and I mean, some of this <laughs> yeah. crap, like yeah, yeah. And Good Kill hasn't even found distribution yet. Okay, mm-hmm. out of Venice and Toronto, and it got decent reviews. And it's it is a button pushing movie. I I saw it. Um, it's definitely going to be like a, a a movie that generates discussion. Oh, cool. Outside of just you know the movie news. 
sites, um, but it hasn't even landed dis- distribution. And yeah. you know, I just I just don't think Ethan Hawke is that kind of a movie star. Yeah, um, yeah, and and you know, the, the the hopeful news break that we do, you know, people they want to hear who's playing Doctor Strange, and some people even want to see Benedict Cumberbatch cast, or they want to see. Uh, Tom Hardy cast. These are like popular names that are being thrown out there, and I don't want to see those. I mean, I do think Benedict Cumberbatch would be a great Doctor Strange. I think he, and that's my opinion. I would not like to see Tom Hardy. I would like to see Justin Thoreau. That I think that's an interesting choice. That that well, this, that may be cool, Alex. Yeah. Well, this happens every Marvel movie. Is that <sighs> I know. You know, we start to know about it, and then it's like, oh, who do you want in it? And it comes down to like the fantasy football of casting. It's like, oh, I want. Tom Hardy because I love him and I want him to be in every movie and if he can play this guy why not and yeah. you know I, I remember for for a long time every article we would write about the Avengers there would be this massive debate in our comments about who the Avengers team should be it oh. was like literally everything we would write for two years there would be a huge debate every single comments yeah because people have that like mindset of like oh I want this exact person mm-hmm. to be cast and then and then that's why it's, it comes down to you have to trust the filmmakers to cast someone that. May not be someone we expect, but fits the role better than we thought because they are the ones making it. I mean, that's why I'm hopeful for whoever we end up with. Yeah, it is, well, I'll tell you right now, it's not going to be Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy is nope. way yeah. too busy to do this movie, and, yeah. and frankly, I don't want Tom Hardy. I don't want Benedict Cumberbatch because these guys have enough big movies. I don't want to see the same actors in every single big movie. You know what? That's a good point. And you know what? I would love for this Doctor Strange, and that's this is my hopeful news, is that we get a name and a cast and it's cast and it's just out of left field and awesome just kind of like going yeah. along the lines of uh, Robert Downey Jr as Iron Man that that was like perfect casting it was be- and it's before all the marvel stuff so it's it was really hard to call but i think it would be great to have just an out of left field person so what do you guys think who's an out of left field pick for you guys i'll let alex go first yeah oh, alex. man now i'm on the yep. spot yeah. sorry <laughs> You're on our the clock. show <laughs> well Maybe Ethan Hawke, even though he's not out of left field, but yeah, he's not who I would have ex- like came up with on my first list. But now that I hear the name, I'm like, you know what? That would have been that would be cool. Okay, if it's Ethan Hawke, I'm I'm fine. With it. Okay, I'm gonna go with Tom Hanks. <laughs> that is out of left field and I, Tom I've, Hanks would never do it that is not true so I've got one he's already been in the MCU though okay who is that well so is Chris Evans sort of kind of I suppose yeah okay Samuel Rockwell oh yeah that would be awesome <laughs> That's Sam awesome. Rockwell to me, like, have you ever met this guy? This dude is strange. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> I kind of love that about him. He's he's he just infuses every role with certain personality. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I yeah. think he would be pretty cool. Oh, JT's got one. Go Come on, throw right. a name yeah, in here. Chime in, yeah, chime in. I've always thought Vigo Morrison would be awesome. Yeah. That's a good yeah. one. That'd be a good one, right? That's I see. A maybe good he's one. too old. I don't know. I don't think he's in the Marvel universe somewhere. He does, and I don't think he's too old. And I think I think that's a really that's a great call, JT. Because nice one, buddy. Yeah, because he you know he has the geek cred with uh, Lord of the Rings, and and he's a fantastic actor. And sure, I I would love that. That's great. So, um, that's awesome. I like that. Thank you, JT. All right, let's. Is there anything to John Hamm rumors or no? I don't. Yeah, I've heard John Hamm, but I I don't know. I I've only. Just kind of reported that, yeah. They're, they're, John, call us. Let us know if there's anything to the yeah, rumors. Tweet me, John. Uh, all right, let's move on with another hopeful news break because I like this one, and it's actually something along the lines that I think I heard at one point and want to get your opinion on this. We got uh, 
I'm going to butcher the name. Fasai Shahid, I think, is the name. Thanks for the thanks for this one. Uh, I want to know if MGM wants Christopher Nolan to ever direct a Bond movie. Haven't we uh, heard some rumors about him taking yeah, a Bond movie? He he'd like to. He, he wants to end on that. Yeah, franchise, I thought, I thought right? Eon said they were talking to him or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think they were talking to him at one point, but um, it's interesting with Nolan. I like to talk about this because with Interstellar coming up, everybody's flipping out over this. Rightly so. This movie looks amazing. I can't wait to see it. And Nolan is one of those filmmakers that everybody wants to know what he's doing next. Yeah. So if if he were to come out and say, I'm doing Bond next, that would be amazing. I think I would be totally on board with that. You guys? No, Jeff's rolling his no, eyes. No, right no, I, no, no, no. <laughs> I was like, well, of course, of course, we'd be on board with it. It's Christopher Nolan. Yeah, like, I know. Yeah, that would be awesome. That'd be um, cool, right? I don't think you're going to see Christopher Nolan do a Bond movie unless he is recasting Bond himself. So when they are ready to, you know, move on from Daniel Craig, and maybe then they give Nolan a shot to handpick Bond and direct that that first movie. That's what I wanted to hear. Yeah, great that's point. that's a great that's a great point. So I like that. And Alex, yeah, so you feel the same way? Would you want to well, get rid of would, would you want Nolan to direct Craig or would you want him with a whole new uh Bond? Maybe I, Idris you know, uh, Ilba. <laughs> right? Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was thinking like maybe maybe he would end up switching things up. But yeah. I, you know, I I am of the ilk that's like I want Nolan to make a Bond movie and I keep thinking in my mind like after Interstellar, he's at the point where he can literally do whatever he wants and they would want him to do it like maybe it could happen but i think i think jeff's right that it might not happen until they switch it yeah and if that's the case so be it like look at casino royale and how much of a revamp that was for the bond series and sort of what it has started mm-hmm. like if they ever do that again which they don't need to right now then then yes i want nolan to revamp it in that way yeah. Which maybe that's the discussion they had. Maybe they were like, Oh, do you want to do Bond twenty four? And he's like, No, I wanna wait until I can really craft it in my way and they're like, Okay, well Bond twenty eight, then we'll come back to you. Right? Yeah. That's a great point. I and, like it. and Idris would be a really good bond and I know that there's you know, people are worried, well, how can how can James Bond be black or whatever? Yeah. I, I think that's exactly how you get away with a move like that if you have a director like Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. And, and yeah, th- look, James Bond, I've always felt, and I know it's, it's you know, they, they cast new actors and whatnot. I've always felt like Bond is like literally a code name. Like that, mm-hmm. it, yeah. that every actor that takes on, takes him on, he's like, it's just another spy that takes on the mantle of James Bond. I, I can make it work in my head. I don't, I know that yeah. they're pretty much just, you know, a, a character and they're just movies, but uh, you know, and it's not, t- they're not all tied together. I get that, but I would love to see Hollywood go with a black, uh, a, a black, a black actor to play Bond like Idris Elba, who is a fantastic yeah. actor. I just love that. I think that. it would shake things up in the right way. Like it would really, it would be a progressive move, and it would sort of, uh, when you finally see it, it would solidify exactly what you're saying, which is that it, it doesn't really matter his skin color, which is honestly where the whole world should be. It, it just matters that he's the character and he can yeah. play it. And he does it well, and it's Bond the code name, like you're saying. Like, yeah, that's that's why I want someone like Nolan's caliber to do that with this, and then just be like, screw it, let's do it, and let's make this awesome. Right, because he could he could reinvent the rules in mm-hmm. a way that where we yeah. wouldn't. You know, be all huffy about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's uh, that's hopeful news break, uh, guys out there in Schmoville. Thank you very much. Every Wednesday, drop it in there on the Facebook page. Meet the movie press while you're there. Like, share with your friends, 
And uh, if uh, that tickles our fancy, we will uh, talk about it on air because I like to hear the hopeful news that could actually happen, like Nolan directing a Bond, and we discuss it. So, guys, every Wednesday, drop it on in there. But I want to move on. Uh, we're talking with Alex Billington from FirstShowing.net and uh, touch on some of the big stories that happened. And uh, I want to touch on Adam Sandler and the Netflix deal because this is a huge kind of a game changer in my opinion and I want to get your guys thoughts on it so Alex what do you think of Sandler doing a Netflix four picture deal what does that mean what what are we going to yeah. get he, he, first thing first he's only producing yes not that's correct. not true nope yeah. no 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 no, no they, they, yeah the press release said producing and starring there you go now, okay. when you, when it says starring you know you could say the eighth lead in, in a movie is starring uh, in the movie sure uh, so we don't know that he'll actually be the lead in these movies, but he will be appear, according to the press release, he will appear in all four. Okay, so I'm yeah. wondering, well, one, we did touch on it last night on the Schmoes No movie show, the main show. We we talked about how, you know, the movie world is changing where now we're going to have a movie. We don't have to go out to the theaters. And Sandler, it's interesting with Netflix doing this deal because Sandler's movies, say what you will, uh, I, I'm not personally a fan of them lately because they're just kind of they don't appeal to me they're kind of yeah. i don't know i just don't like them they're kind of bad in my opinion but they make a lot of money so how is he taking this to netflix now how what's how is that changing the the, the landscape at least for him i mean he can produce a movie and star in it and it breaks the bank bad or good whatever you say but now he's producing and starring on netflix and nobody has to go anywhere and they can just click i mean how how is this possible <laughs> yeah, it's a huge move. I think I thought it was very interesting that this and the um, the uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon sequel news mm -hmm. all hit within a week or two of this really controversial Netflix article that has been going around about how Netflix is not really for movies anymore. Yeah, and how it's all about, and they're now a network like a TV network that makes TV shows, mm -hmm. and then. And then a week or two later, we get these two really strong movie announcements. I think it's it seems a little bit, uh, uh, in my impression, that they're trying to move back to the idea that like they're now a powerhouse with as much, um, as much money and power as any of the movie studios in Hollywood, and yeah. they can say, okay, fine, we're gonna we're gonna literally produce our own movies. Yeah, we're gonna do our own content, and you know what? It doesn't matter if it goes in theaters. We're confident in our network. We're gonna put them out there. People are gonna watch them. They're yeah. obviously gonna be successful. Yeah, and it's going to really shake up, like like you're saying, like the way the dynamic works for you don't have to go to the theater anymore. Yet you get your Adam Sandler serving. Yeah, and the, and that I like I said I, I find it very interesting that it's a film and not like a hey we're producing four network shows with Sandler. Yeah, we're doing four films. Yeah. Well, I um you know I did my what's <clears throat> is my voice cracking? I don't know what's going on. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's early. This is like big or something. Um, <clears throat> I want to be big. I did my what's the deal video on it yesterday. Um, yeah. I was kind of fascinated by it, and I was, it was it was really funny. I was with Adam Sandler the night before at the oh. Men, Women, and Children premiere. Right. Um, uh, I know his cousin very well and his producing partner, and um, yeah, and, and he was quite good in the movie. I I recommend it, even though it's kind of getting beat up on. Yeah, but um. Like this, this is between the Weinstein Company deal and the Sandler thing. Like this is really, um, 
Netflix, it's a play for Wall Street. It's a play to boost the yeah. stock, to reassure yeah. shareholders, that kind of thing. Um, it's not necessarily a game changer yet. It's, it's groundbreaking in a sense, but I don't think you're, you know, I don't think everyone's rushing to make movies over at Netflix. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause we got in the discussion last night and Alex, get your opinion on this too. It's like the movie going experience, is that shrinking now? It's like, look, you got to go see Star Wars or Interstellar sure. in the theater. Okay. Do you have to go see Blended in the theater? Right. No, which is why this movie makes sense. And, yes. and, and yeah, that is yeah. the difference between the Netflix movies and an and actual or, you know, the theatrical release Adam Sandler films, I think. Right. You're going to see, and this is just a hunch, I think you're going to see Adam Sandler doing more big budget spectacle kind of stuff at Sony where Happy Madison is based like Pixels, yeah. which is the highest budgeted Happy Madison production yet. Yeah. And then they're also developing Candyland, and that is going to happen. You know, that's just a huge brand. Yeah. Uh, Sony will eventually exploit it. Um, and, and so that's going to be a $100 million movie or whatever. I think yeah. you're going to see old school Adam Sandler movies on that new media platform of Netflix, the kind of Happy Madison's and Billy, uh, Billy Madison, yeah. Right, has I, know, I know what you meant. Uh, yeah, Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore's, those kinds of things that, that he makes with his buddies and, and his close collaborators. I, you know what? That's a great point, and I hope that actually happens. You know, Alex, what do you think? I mean, are you hoping for like another Billy Madison? Would, I would love Sandler to come back and yeah. do a raunchy did, R. Did you see That's My Boy? I did uh, not. Alex, did you see it? No. Is that, Dude, was it good? You guys have <laughs> to go see That's My Boy. It's hilarious. Is it? Yes. I heard. I'm putting. I am putting Jeff Snyder reputation on the line. Boom! Wow, there you go. Alex. There you go. Exclusive. Well, this might be kind of like Step Brothers, and then like I didn't ever want to see it, and then everyone kept coming out being like, "You have to see this movie. It's hilarious." <laughs> there, there is a cult fan base around. That's my boy. Um, really? That's the there first? definitely is. Okay. Well, then I will take the the Jeff Snyder <laughs> seal of approval and check it out. Check sometime. it out. If you if, yeah. listen, if you just miss R-rated Adam Sandler, I do. They, they, I'm telling you, it will not disappoint. It's got Vanilla Ice. Oh, well, that sold it for me. <laughs> All right. Well, so we, we talked about that. This, this is an interesting development. We'll, we'll, it's, it's going to change, uh, more and more as, as we, as we go further. We're going to see what, what Netflix is. I love that point too, Jeff, yeah. that it is for the kind of Wall Street. It is an just, interesting, uh, business. And I just, move. I just can't imagine Netflix you on, know, I think somewhat, I don't know where the, this number 80 million came up, but I heard, you know, that, yeah. ne- like, I don't think Netflix is going to be making $80 million movies, especially Adam Sandler comics. That's just, that just doesn't make sense. No, is it, is um, maybe 80 million? Is it like broken up over a bunch of movies? I could see that. Four movies that are 20 million a piece, yeah. maybe something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I don't think, you know, if you can keep costs down, Sandler can get you a really big profit margin, and he has done a great job of expanding, uh, of growing his global brand. Oh yeah, you know, a few not not that long ago, Adam Sandler was really a, a, an American movie star, and his movies did not really travel. Mm-hmm. But he has definitely put in the time, you know, working the press overseas and, and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and so that he's now a, a more of a global brand, like a Will Smith. Yeah, and I think uh, it'll be interesting to see what Pixels does because, as you mentioned, it's the highest budgeted. Uh, Happy Madison right, and that's, production. And that's Chris Columbus. You know, he's not working with, with Frank Caracci or Dennis Dugan, the right. guys who, who do a lot of his movies. I, I just, I think that is what's going to happen. You're going to see those guys directing those Netflix movies with him and, yeah. you know, having his buddies back and, and all that kind of stuff. And the Sony movies are going to be uh, sort the of the ones. next level. Yeah. Chris Columbus, those kinds of filmmakers. Oh, that's interesting. All right, Alex, I want to get your opinion on something. We've talked about spoilers. We've talked about press. We've talked about exclusives, all this stuff. Let's talk about a reboot. Let's talk about I Am Legend. 
and the news that just dropped, and I kind of okay. The 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 fans really wanted to talk about this uh, out there in Schmoville. They were pretty upset to hear that. Why are we rebooting I Am Legend? And the the term reboot is such an interest. It's like there's reimaginings, there's remake, and there's reboot. One, I, I read a tweet somewhere, and I, I wish I could give credit where credit is due, but uh, it's a good point. A remake is of one movie, and a reboot is maybe of a franchise. Would you guys agree with that? that yeah. Oh, silence. No. <laughs> yeah, what, no, what, no what, agreements. <laughs> you, 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 you go, Alex. Alex, yeah, I mean, what do you it, think? It works when it, for the right situations. Okay, so <laughs> let's talk about this. Do you believe we need a reboot of I Am Legend? No, because it doesn't really fit in this time right now. Like the the idea of the solo guy and, and going off and sort of the, the where the planet has ended up, and even yeah. though, even though like vampire monsters in it are just like we don't that doesn't really fit right now. Like maybe in twenty years, if you want to reboot it, sure. But I, I'm actually satisfied enough with the Will Smith version that I am too. There is no need to go back and do another one. Right. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of like Spider Man. They 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 rebooted it too quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And and I, I don't believe we need it. What I find interesting though is that it was a spec script from an iPhone salesman. Right. It was it was Garden <laughs> at the End of the World or yep. Edge of the World, something like that. Um I think I broke the news of that sale to Warner Brothers. Um, yeah. so I should really know the title. Yeah. But uh yeah, no, they're retrofitting this this spec to kind of, you know, fit their needs. Uh Arashamel had been tapped to do the I Am Legend uh, screenplay, the sequel screenplay, but I guess, you know, he hadn't cracked it or whatever. Right. Um no, I don't think we need a reboot. I, I thought I Am Legend was half of a fantastic movie and then yeah, and then the vampires came in and ruined everything. Yes, I totally agree with that. And and I mean it it had a button ending, you know, that you guys have seen it, right? I mean, Will Smith oh, yeah. does not make it out alive. So, you know, I heard so many rumors that maybe there was even to be like a prequel kind of that brings Smith back and that right. that would have been ridiculous in my opinion. Um but to call this a reboot and it, you know, it's like I agree with you Alex, do we do we need that? I mean, with like where we're at with the movie landscape and what is popular, it's like it's just more vampire monsters running around. You know, from from an industry side, it feels like what they're doing is the the idea of taking a brand and then shoehorning it into something specific. Like for all we know, it could be a found footage esque movie where oh it's kind of like more told from the angle of oh, what if this happened in the world and you know cell phone cameras were capturing it and all this. I don't know if that's really the case, but it's like. You could take the the concepts that work today within the industry and then apply a bigger brand to it, and maybe that's all they're doing. Mm -hmm. Again, we don't need that. But I'm not sure how found footage vampires would work if they don't show up on film. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I just mean from the idea, you know, like the the super cheap horror, where you know you can make a maximum profit because you have the brand name attached to it. You 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 make it really cheap. It maybe like I think I think Cloverfield if Instead of Cloverfield, it were the I Am Legend story. Like, you follow mm. one guy around the city, like, mm-hmm. very intimately. You know, handheld camera, kind of that style. Versus the big, what we got with the Will Smith one. Which right. It's a good million. idea. I, I actually like that idea. That'd be great. But it seems like because of the brand name of I Am Legend and because of the, the spectacle that was the Will Smith movie, that they're wanting another one. Just period. Maybe Warner Brothers just senses that there's an opening in the marketplace for uh, you know a new a vampire franchise. They're probably reading the reviews of Dracula Untold. Yeah. <laughs> when does Dude, that open? Yeah. Oh. Vampires come up. Yeah, yeah, and I, I hear with Dracula Untold, 
that that's the kind of the 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 mon- what the universal monsters that that's the it, it wasn't supposed to be so right listen I I can't say much I saw it a while ago okay. um, there have been changes to the film since I saw it well Dracula Untold yes oh okay uh, so I I don't know if there were changes that that made it part of the universe or set things up to but from what I understand no it was a standalone and this was not going to be part of the universe so yeah then I'm seeing reports this week that it is I don't know what the hell's going on guys so. yeah I I. I don't like that idea, really. I mean, if it's if the part of the the Universal monster movies, what they're going to do, the Mummy, they're going to do. Who else are they going to do? Uh, I know Dracula, Wolfman, probably. Um, yeah. I I don't know, Alex. What do you think? Do you do you like that idea that Dracula Untold is tied into right. the Universal monster movie? Whatever. I don't know what no, you, you call know, it. It seems like that following in the like Justice League-style footsteps, or Avengers, almost to the point where like one day in five, ten years from now, they're going to have the monster team-up. Or and, someone, and someone made a good point, like Van Helsing versus all the monsters. Like, you know? Yeah. Oh, God. Are we going to get that? Probably. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody... That's, that's the thing. Like, the reaction we have right here where we're like, ugh. Yeah. Like, that's what's frustrating. You know the executives are sitting there being like, yeah, let's team them up. We're going to make so much money. But as soon as you go to the actual, like, fans, they're like, ugh. Yeah, it just sounds desperate. It sounds like a, a, a marketing it's, uh, it's money the universe making building thing, or it's just every studio needs a universe, and yeah. no, you don't. Yeah, I know. What there's, a, I you bet, need the right universe. So you're saying Dracula Untold? You have to wait for the end credits because there's a Wolfman cameo. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I have right. No idea. You you didn't see it, Alex? No, no, I haven't. Okay. Seen it. Yeah. I mean, I've I've just been reading the reviews, and um, when does it come out? Brutal. I, I don't. Yeah, couple know. Couple weeks, I think. A couple weeks, yeah, yeah. I'm not really. Mm, eh, eh, whatever. It, 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 I told you, it scares me just because Luke Evans is supposed to play the Crow, which is my favorite comic book character. That's right. Like, I like Chris uh, Luke Evans on, on the whole, but he's like completely devoid of charisma in, as Dracula. Uh, not to mention the whole the whole movie is just completely misconceived. Yeah, I, I it's it's just been he's a, he's a warrior. There's no there's no like vampire iconography or really. It, it's like a warrior movie. Oh my god, I can't I can't say I can't say anything. But <laughs> you've said enough. Yeah, really. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not really looking forward to it. But Alex, so getting back to firstshowing.net, are you uh, reviewing movies as well? Obvi- well, obviously you are. You're camping out. You want to see these <laughs> things, and so. Is it like do you get uh, press screenings like uh, all of us do, and and you know yeah, do yeah, it that yeah. way? And... I uh, you know to be honest, over the last eight years, my progression has been less and less to reviewing. I review at festivals. That's the key. Mm-hmm. There you go. Um, so I go to film festivals and I always review. I don't review every single film I see. It that's like too crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, some critics do, but I review everything I love or everything I have something you know really strong to talk about. Mm-hmm. And then during the year, it's kind of spotted. Like I reviewed um, Gone Girl. I guess it was a festival film, but I reviewed that because I felt really strongly about it, and I had to say something. That's which, great. Um, which, which festivals do you go to? Uh, I go to Sundance, Cannes, Toronto, and Telluride every year. Wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> That's awesome. Also like four key. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, after that, it's like you don't have to go to anymore, and you're fine. Yeah. But you know, in the mix, like New York Film Festival now that I live here, I go to. I went back to Fantastic Fest this year. I love Fantastic Fest. Yeah, I would love to um, go to Fantastic Fest. Oh, you get around, Alex. I'm I'm envious. Yeah. yeah so, Alex, <laughs> is that something that you do on your own to to keep up with uh, FirstShowing.net and and you know review and 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 do these stories, or are you allowed? Are the people like? 
um, the studios like sending you there or, you know, how does that work for you on your website? Um, it's a mix of both, to be honest. For example, uh, last year for, um, what was the movie? The, oh, the Grand Budapest Hotel. Okay. Uh, Fox Searchlight brought about 10 of us to the Berlin Film Festival. Nice. Um, and that was because it premiered there. And mm-hmm. I really think they thought to themselves, we want everyone to be at the premiere, but no one is going to Berlin from the U.S. Right. So they're like, we if we don't pay and bring them there, no one's going to show up that we really want to be there. Right. Um, they'll probably hate, hate me for saying that, but I felt like that was the case because as soon as I got there, it was like, oh, I'm back at a festival. I'm just so glad I didn't have to spend money on a European trip. Right. Right. Um, but generally, Sunny Ann's Can in Toronto and Telluride, I pay for on my own because I want to be there. And I'll, and I'll fully admit to you guys, again, the name for a showing is because I, I am obsessed with being at the first showing of a movie. That's and, really cool. Yeah, like, simply put, that is usually at a festival. You know, the very, like, first premiere ever of a film is at a festival. Sometimes it's, like, finished a couple days before, like, the, the Raid 2 at Sundance. Right. Now, and when you're at a festival on a studio's dime, you don't feel any obligation or pressure to pull your punches or anything like that? Look, I, I think I do. I, not in a pull your punches or, or sort of, like, cover up the dust of what's going on, but so much as make sure I own up to what they sort of want. And and I and I guess what I'll admit, and because this will create a very convoluted discussion otherwise is that i am very choosy about what they offer me so mm-hmm. i won't go if it's a film i'm not expecting to like like if you if you put the wes anderson film in front of me which by then i'd already seen previews for i knew i was excited about mm-hmm. i'm going to say yes i'm going to be able to do objective coverage which is kind of like here's the premiere here's some cool stuff they had here and then my subjective coverage is my review so okay. even if it's a negative review they don't mind i doubt that will be the case mm-hmm. but i'm still there to also remind people that this film is coming up. Yeah. To me, that's sort of the greatest point of my site is not all about reviews and what's bad and good, but so much as like saying, here's what's coming up. You may love this film. I want to remind you that it comes out this weekend and then it's coming up soon and here's a bunch of reviews for it. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. I it, I especially love that angle of your website, firstshowing.net, that, yeah. that you are the movie fan. You, are, you love seeing the first showing of the movie and, and – God, I know that. I love that. And I, I think that's really great. Alex, do you give yourself, as, as the head of First Showing, do you give yourself all the, the best uh, assignments? Or are there things <laughs> where, like, where, like, you'd love to do them, but you realize, you know, you've got to spread, spread the wealth and share it with your, your staff? Yeah. yeah. Yes and no. Yes, I give my all the best assignments. And my writer occasionally is like, oh, man, you're going to Cannes right now, and I have to sit at home and write. And yeah. Like, yeah. But at the same time, I, I try to I try to treat my writers as nice as I can. For example, I bring them to Sundance and Comic Con, completely all expense paid. Nice. And and then occasionally, um, like if we get a set visit that I'm not interested in, or we don't have anyone in LA at the moment. But previously, like we had an LA guy, and, and then when I moved away from LA, it was like there's a junket every weekend. You're more than welcome to take every one of those opportunities if you're interested. Yeah. And then it's like, and then you know, Interstellar pops up. Well, I'm gonna fly to LA and cover that myself. But otherwise. You know, I, I respect that there are multiple voices in this industry and that there are a lot of people who just are passionate about film and talking about film and not reviewing it, but just like being a part of it. Yeah. And when, it, and when I can sense real passion versus like the superficial, I want to be a part of Hollywood, that's where I know I found the right guy. And that's those are the people who I respect the most. That's great. Cool. And how many, uh, just real quick before you go, Alex, um, how, how many writers do you have on the site? Like how... You have a big site. You're 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 taking your guys with you to Cannes and and Sundance. So, yeah, how many people? 
Um, I only have right now. We have like three main writers. Okay. Um, and then a couple contributors, but it's very small. It's yeah. like me and a couple guys. <laughs> and did cool. did you did you find them or did they approach you and be like, well, we'd love to write for this site? No, they're really cool stories where, like, I met my main guy um, who writes under the name Ethan on the site. I met him in line for a Guillermo del Toro book signing. And okay, he came nice. up to me because he recognized me from Twitter and was like, oh, I'm a big fan of the site. We started talking. And then eventually he was like, you know, I'd like to write. And we traded emails and the rest is history. So, so don't be go. shy, Schmoville. Come up to Mark yeah. everywhere. If you see Mark out there, <laughs> hit oh, him up. You could be the next Schmo. Oh, they do. They do. <laughs> That's right. They sure do. Well, Alex, uh, thank you so much for joining us on uh, Meet the Movie Press. It was great talking to you about all these movie stories and the snarling and stuff. And, uh, and it's just <laughs> you have a great site, and I, I, I'm very happy to have you on, dude. Keep Thanks, up the good work, Thanks Alex. Thanks for having me on. I really respect you guys, and I love I really love when there's a, a community in Hollywood that appreciates different opinions and that, that respects that we are all here because we love movies and that we have different things to say about them and that we – we can talk about them, and it isn't the clicky. Uh, this movie's better than another, but rather just the, the open discussion about it. So, well, thank you guys. Yeah, well said, and because that's that's what it is. We're movie lovers first and foremost, and we're do we're doing this because we love it, and we're yeah. walking lines, and we're breaking scoops, and we're doing it because we love it. So, Alex, where can the good people in Schmilville find you on Twitter? Um, yeah, on Twitter at first showing and at firstshowing.net online. Yeah, you guys check it out. Go, go come, give come it. back anytime. Yeah, come back anytime, Alex. Thanks again. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate it. All right. All right, guys. That's been another wonderful Meet the Movie Press. Yeah, good but, stuff. Good episode. Yeah, good episode. A lot of stuff that we talked about. I really liked that. was fun. So, guys, thanks as always. Go hit up the iTunes, subscribe. It keeps the lights on. You know, we it, it really allows us to do what. And we're I doing. like lights because they illuminate my beautiful face. That's right. And every Friday, <laughs> you can see this handsome mug right here, Jeff Snyder. Where can the people find you again? Therap.com, dot com. Uh, the In Snyder right. on Twitter. Um, otherwise, leave me alone. <laughs> That's right. And uh, as always, I am Mark Riley, editor chief. You can find me at schmozno.com every day and. Riley Around on Twitter at Riley Around. Uh, so next week, guys, we have a big show. We have Scoopmaster El Miyumbe. Oh, it's gonna be a good one. He's coming in the studio. He's breaking a scoop, a superhero scoop, right here on the show. So be sure to check us out next week. And uh, that's all the time we have. Thanks again, Schmelville. We'll see ya. From producers Christian Harloff, Mark Ellis, and the entire Schmoes No Network crew, we would like to thank you for listening to Meet the Movie Press. Special thanks to Kevin Undergaro and Maria Menounos, the author of Every Girl's Guide to Diet and Fitness in stores now. To watch or listen to other Schmoes No Network episodes, get movie news, or join the conversation, be sure to visit schmoesno.com. I'm the Pit Boss, and this has been a presentation of Schmoes No.